Hello and welcome to Million Dollar Monday. I'm your host, Greg Mazzello, bringing you real successful people with real useful advice for people with big dreams. I understand big dreams. I turned an investment of $200 and a lot of great advice from some really successful people into my big dream, Proforma, that today is a half billion dollar company. I'm excited to chat today with my special guest who knows how to make shift happen. And uh, he is a coach, a speaker, an author, a former NFL player, a CEO at his own business, Identity Shift, where he helps people upgrade how they operate to be, do, and have more. Anthony Trucks, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, man. No, it's all good. It's all good. And I love what you say that you are just one shift away from unleashing the unlimited success that awaits. And it is so true. It is yeah. so true. And, and, I, and I love your book. Got to talk about Thank that. You. Identity yeah. shift. So it's all about shifting. It's the name of your business, the name of your book. It's the name of your kind of business motto. But let's start at the beginning. Tell us your story, you know, your growing up years. And what were those things that shaped you um, into everything that you are today? And most importantly, your mindset today. Yeah. yeah. I think there's this quote that I love. It's, man, I don't know where I heard it. I wish I could find out. But the quote goes, a smooth sea makes not a skilled sailor. Yeah, true, true. Right? It, it has yeah. to do with this the yeah. desire for us to have easy lives and then we miss out on the actual aspects of the strength we need to have a great life because life doesn't get easier. We just get stronger. For me growing up, uh, I dealt with a lot of that difficulty. I got rocky seas early. So I was given away into foster care at three. I grew up in a really heinous environment of being beaten and tortured, just starved by some weird people. Um, I eventually got put into a family. It's my current family. I grew up as the only black kid in a really poor, all white family. Wasn't adopted till I was 14. So 11 years. 14, wow. 14 man. So didn't have much self-belief, didn't think I was capable of much, had no skills. The people that were supposed to take care of me didn't. My person supposed to love me. My own mom didn't love me. So I just had a lot of, uh, lot of these different dynamics. But the question was consistent. Like, who am I? Who's Anthony? Where do I fit? I'm a foster kid. I'm, you know, I'm the, the only black kid in this all white family and all white community. Like I just, I felt like an outcast a lot. Um, I wanted to play sports. I wanted to do this cool thing. But then I found out like a lot of us do when you try something you haven't done before, you're usually not pretty good. <laughs> like it's, you don't inherently have the skill set. So I just, I was met with a lot of just discomfort and disdain for a lot of years. And it led me to at a point at 15 years old, wake up. And it was the first time I did it many times since then, but I woke up and God, I didn't want to be this guy anymore where this path was going. I was not happy with, you know, like this, this, wherever it's going, doesn't feel right. And it was the first time I said, I'm going to figure out like, how do I answer the question of what does a great football player do? Cause I want to be a football player back then. That was the first thing. Right. But that question is, could be a put on anything. How do, what does a great husband do? What does a great wife do? What does a great coach do? What does a great business owner do? But at that age of 15, I had answered a question. What I found was it takes a lot of out of character actions. I had to catch footballs and lift weights and run routes. And my teammates from the year before were like, trucks, man, you suck. Why are you catching footballs? You suck. Why are you running routes? Man, you're horrible. Why are you lifting weights? And that's what it feels like. You get, you get the feedback from the world that says, Hey, stay in your box, man. Don't, don't try and be better. What, that's not who you are. Well, what if I don't like who I am? <laughs> you know, like, what if I don't like what I'm doing? So you got to do different things. And so in doing so, I stayed the course against the odds. 
And lo and behold, I got football scholarship, played in the NFL, and great things happened. A lot of crazy things along the way as well. But that's kind of where this identity thing first seeded itself in my life. So we've got a lot of, surely it's football season right now. It is. And there's a lot of people that are going to want to know, who did you play college ball for? And if you want to talk about who did you play pro ball for? Yeah, yeah. So if you guys are, if you can see the video, it's a big helmet to my side. It's an Oregon helmet. So I played the yeah. University of Oregon. I'm a duck. When I was in the NFL, I played for the Buccaneers, Redskins, and the Steelers. The NFL is an interesting acronym that says it stands for not for long, not National yeah. Football League. So in my my third year, tore my shoulder, came home, and and that was actually another massive crisis. But that was my my football years for my formative years for sure. All right. So then you're on a great path. You wanted to play ball. You did play ball. You figured it all out. And then it sort of sounds like it was taken away from you. Then what happened? Uh, well, I broke my life, man. <laughs> don't, don't we all do that sometimes? We, we yeah. go in and we're, we're in control, but we're sometimes not realizing that we have the controller and we're like, we're half asleep and our thumbs on the left side. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's drifting things to the side. So I came home and when I lost football, I lost myself. I, I, I didn't see myself as, as anything more than the game. And it happens anytime you've given so much to something to where it's who you are. When, when someone asks, well, who are you? Oh, I'm a hedge fund, you know, like finder, founder. I, I, I happen to be a coach. Like, I, that's great. But who are you? And if you're nothing more than that, what happens is when you lose that thing, not if, but when, because at some point you will lose it by choice because you decide to retire or leave or right. by chance because something happens, pandemic, right? You'll wake up one day and go, who am I? And if you don't have an answer for that, you get to a deep hole. And I did that. I came home, football took it all from me. I was like, well, who am I? I, I had three kids. I was married to my wife and my high school sweetheart. And it all came tumbling down, man. Everything went out the window and anything that I could identify with that made me, me was gone. And so I, I had this long journey in what I call the fog of life, which is I'm getting up, I'm wandering through this fog every day. And I don't feel like I know who I am or even the effort I put forth is worthwhile. And so I just got to a point of like, I was suicidal and everything was just downhill. Wow. And that was what happened. The way I tell people like metaphorically is it's like, we're, we're all the apple, like all of our fruit, the fruit of our labor, this, this, you know, this amazing thing I got is the apple. Okay. And what okay. happens is the apple falls off the tree and we feel horrible, like the apple off the tree. And eventually that apple rots and we feel rotten. And that's how we operate our life. But we don't realize we were never the apple. We were always the tree. And when you, oh, wow. up, yeah, man, when you wow. tree, say that again, because I, 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 there's so much wisdom there. I, I, yeah. I just want to chew on that. I, say it again. We have never been the apple, which we think we are. We have always been the tree. What does that mean to you? I, I, I love it. Well, if you think so we're, we're the tree that produces ongoing apples. Um, yeah. You is that what all it's all fruit, about, man? It's it. Okay. Because there's fruit of our labor, which is the relationship. It's our health. It is our career. For me, it was also football. And when you only focus on the piece of fruit, you lose sight of the tree, which means you don't give it the nutrients. You don't get it in the sun. You don't take, you don't prune the branches. So all of a sudden the rest of the fruit dies. So now my relationship fails. My body was out of shape. I wasn't a good dad. All because I only saw myself as the fruit of football. So when I went back years later and said, let me take care of this tree, like, which was really taking care of building this identity, it was a realization of, man, I could actually create more and sweeter fruit. I, the tree made that first piece of fruit. So what if the tree showed up differently yeah. and created better fruit? 
And that's, that's really what a shift is. I shift into the individual who's not tending to the apple anymore, but identifies as the tree and bolsters itself, does yeah. the things to create deeper roots, to get in great soil, to, to yeah. really get that vitamin D and create better fruit. I love it. I love it, Anthony. I'm going to tell you, I think there were a lot of people that lost their apple um, or lost big chunks out of their apple over the last year and a half with COVID. And, um, and, and people need to shift back to, I never was that, whatever it was, I was the yeah. tree that made it happen. And if I take care of that tree, I can make other apples or pears or whatever happen again. Heck yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. So what did you, what, what did you do next after you had to redefine yourself and make mm-hmm. that shift? What was the next fruit? Yeah. The next fruits I created was like, I want to create more fruit than football was. Cause when football was the only fruit, you're like, Oh, that's all there is. And then people leave the game of football or, or basketball or soccer, or whatever it is you leave it or the job or the career, whatever it is. And you leave it and you go, I'm nothing without this. Like, no, 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 no. How do we go back and take care of this and see what else that tree can produce? And so for me, my going back and taking actions was okay. Let me, I had to realize this one thing, which kind of sucks, but it's a reality. Greg is I had to look at my life and realize I was the common denominator in all of my problems. Me. Boom. Boom. People, right? <laughs> as, and, and as, much go, as, as much as people want to point at others and, until you look in the mirror and realize, uh, no, I, it's, it's that guy in the mirror, or that gal yeah. in the mirror, right? It's, it's yeah, either yeah, yeah. you're creating it or you're allowing it. Right, right. You are the one letting it happen in your life or you're the uh-huh. one that's created the problem in the first place. And so that was a really hard realization. Because, But then here's what it did. It gave me this freedom to go, let me work on that now. Because until you accept that, you don't work on it and it persists. It just stays in your life. It shows up. It's like kind of like curing the symptom or curing the root, right? I can go ahead and say, I'm going to give you some aura gel for your teeth because it hurts, but I probably should take care of that tooth at the root. You know what I mean? Like I can numb it. So the difference for a lot of people is they just kind of numb thing. I was like, let me go to the root. And so I went and found like, ah, I'm not a very good dad. I'm not a very good husband. I wasn't showing up as the best man. Therefore, yeah, sure enough, these symptoms kept showing up in different places. I had to keep putting out, but it's like, no, go to the core. So it started with me going and sitting on a couch, looking at a brown wall and saying, why is this happening in my life? Why, what was your role in this, Anthony? Like, seriously, what was my role in my marriage? What was my role in the business? And like, really, it was met with a lot of tears and realizations. And then when I couldn't see something, but I knew there were still problems, I asked other people. Hey, when you look at my life, people that I respected, by the way, I said, when you look at my life, what do you see that I don't see? And they told me some things that, I, that you don't want to hear about yourself, but you need to. And so I, I was able, thankfully, to put the ego away when I heard it and go, ah, sucks. But, you know, hey, it might be true. And now I could do the right work because that's what people are missing. They are doing work, but not the right work. So they look at people and go, well, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do that. It never gets any better because they're not doing their stuff. How can somebody know if they're doing the right work? If, if you get down the pathway and you wake up and you go, I am burned out and I am broke and I'm broken inside. Because the thing is, if you do the right work, things start to pan out. It's, it's, it's inevitable, right? If I, if I plug the holes in the bucket, it stops leaking water. But if you put pluggy stuff all around the holes, mm-hmm. the water still leaks. So you'll yeah. know when you start doing, and here's what it'll feel like too. 
it will feel really soul crushing like in terms of what you have to accept to do. I don't say that as a deterrent. I saw it as a reality. Most people think changing your life and fixing things is really easy to do. It's simple. You just go to the, no, you're going to have to go and uproot some stuff that makes your soul want to cry. But here's a cool thing. I think it might've been Robin Sharma who says change for better. It is hard in the beginning, ugly in the middle, but beautiful at the end. And that's the path we have to be accepting of. And it means you have to go in and find that stuff and realize it'll be really hard in the beginning, messy, and then beautiful. I know somewhere along the way, um, you wrote something called a GPS planner. What brought you to write that? And, and tell us what is that all about? Yeah, well, the GPS planner is like my, it's a planner that allows people to actually get to the destination, you know, because I find a lot of human beings, they buy planners with no idea how to plan. You got a planner, <laughs> feel good about it. But then what? it's just a glorified to-do list on a, on a book, you know, and it's like, no, 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 no. So GPS stands for goal, plan, start. Most people, when they have a goal, they, they kind of, they know the, the city, but not the address. Like they have an idea of the direction, but they don't really know where it's going to go. So you need to know what that concrete goal is. Then if they do have it, they don't really craft a plan they trust. So they just kind of sit there and go, I'll get it done on Wednesday. I'll do it on Friday. But no one sits down and says, what's step one, two, three, two, 27 look like, right? So that's a big thing. How do you plan? And the last thing is, most people, if they do get to the point of knowing and planning, they don't start. They give themselves a deadline. I know what to do. I'm going to get it done by this day. And I go, no, what day are you going to start it? Because if you start it, it gets done before your deadline. And then people go, I just, I got to get done by then. No, no, no. Well, why, when are we going to start? Uh, next Monday. Why Monday? Why not today? Why not tomorrow? Oh, and because I'm guilty. Like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and the yeah. thing is, when you start thinking in that manner, people go, oh, it's, it's a different framing because like, well, there is no real good reason for me to start next week. I should probably st- I got a plan. Let's do it now. You know, so it's all about the goal, the plan and the start. It's why the GPS planner was created by giving people a way to understand how to plan with that planner. It's kind of like that restaurant that says free crab on tomorrow. Yeah, free because crab tomorrow. tomorrow- Free crab to Marcus tomorrow never comes. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love it. All right. So you're a business owner. Um, you do a lot of public speaking. You're an author. And and this is your most recent book, right? Identity Shift. Right. Yep. That's it. Identity Shift, man. My baby. Yeah. It's wonderful. And uh, it's great. It's great mindset stuff. What, what are the key lessons that you'd like to share from the book? Well, a big thing for me is, uh, is to understand how identity and, and mindset differ, right? Because mindset's this thing that is great in action. It's a great skill set. But there's a point in time when I get to the outstretches and outreaches of my mindset. For example, I could go into a boxing ring and I got to win. And I could have a mindset that says, you got to find a way to win. No matter what happens, you know, power through, you got this. At some point, I will find my wit's end, my brain's ability to do anything. I got punched in the mouth 17 times. Then what do you do to win? What I found is if I am a boxer, I will find a way to win. If I'm a guy who is trying boxing with a good mindset, it's okay to give up because it's, you know, it's just a thing I'm doing. It's a vast difference. When you identify as that individual, you will almost instinctually find a way. And, and it's funny as this individual look at, and we don't hear them say, I did it because I have a great mindset. They go, no, bro, I'm a boxer. That's why I did that. I'm a football player. That's who I am. I'm a mom. That's why I did that. 
a mom doesn't go. It was three in the morning and my kid was pooping on the floor and I cleaned it all up. And someone goes, Karen, why would you do that? That she didn't go. I have a great mindset. She goes, I'm a mom. That's what a mom does. Right. And so that identification is a big piece. So in the book, I explain how to shift into the identity that has the things you want most in life. Because if you were of that identity, you'd already have those things. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom there. Most of our listeners, um, Anthony, are aspiring entrepreneurs or people who are in the battle of building and growing a business. Tell us what key advice you have, especially for business owners looking to start, grow, or scale their business. Yeah, for me, I think it boils down to to starting out with an actual heartfelt problem to solve, especially nowadays. The market is very loud. Everybody's talking. And if you just go in and you don't try to find a way to stand out, then you don't. That's it. You got to stand out to stand out, so to speak. And the funny thing is most people don't comprehend how much better you stand out when you are only talking to one individual. I call it the the man on the corner concept. So if I go to like a, a large city, there's a guy in the corner with a megaphone on a soapbox yelling at people. I naturally tune that guy out. I just Absolutely. You know, like there's some guy yelling, but there are times when I'm walking down a street and I see two people intently talking to each other and I will eavesdrop like crazy. Like, what are they, what are they yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. same thing when I'm talking to my person to solve a problem that they want help with just them, the rest of the world will eavesdrop. So if you start with a very specific problem to solve for someone specific and you talk to them, your business will blossom. Yeah. All right. So I find a problem. Then what? Then you could actually have to go in and find a way to solve it definitively. Now, this could be creating a product. It could be a service. If it's going to be a service, you better have a system because I can't go in there and create something and, and people have to trust that I'm going to figure it out based on how I feel today. I'm really good at having process. That's why McDonald's works. You know, they have great processes as to how they create their hamburgers, right? Right, right? And most people don't realize that a business, there's a difference between being in business and a business. Being in business means I can trade my time for money. Being a business means that if I took a break right now, there's still money coming in. And also a business, when you set it up properly, it's not based on how you feel and what you think you should do today. It should tell you what to do today because it's Monday. And this is what happens in the business on a Monday and on a Tuesday, right? So for me, it's a lot of like, I have this, who am I going to solve the problem for? What's the problem solving? Solving. How do I create a structure that allows this thing to really be a business and run? Because if the business can tell me what to do, eventually it could tell somebody else what to do. And now I can take my step back and build an actual business. A lot of people listening still trying to figure out what they need to do to adjust to the new reality that we still don't even know what it might be or look like. What yeah. advice do you have for anybody listening, whether they're an employee or a business owner or whomever? Yeah. How to get their mind wrapped around what they need to do to adapt to the new reality that's still yeah. emerging. Yeah. I think you have to be the one who is prepared to take a leap and, and catch yourself like a cat if you fall. Like that's the way to do it. There is no definitive. I don't think there's ever been a better time in the world to start something and try because with all the circumstances, if you fail a little bit, people are more likely to let you off the hook. Like I get it. It's a pandemic. You tried though, right? So for a lot of people, I think there's some part of us that calls in our gut and says, we should try that. And then the logic kicks in and goes, no, 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 stop that. Cause this, and they start spitting a bunch of stuff in our brain of what could go wrong. I think 
the people I've seen who have had great success, they had a weird little gut feeling and they jumped, took a leap and wrote it. And the thing is, even if they didn't get the return or the outcome they wanted, they now have more information than anybody else did to make a more informed decision the next time. So if we're in this world and your gut says, try something, I am all for like, try it. Now, don't put your family at risk. Don't, don't, you know, put all your life savings. Like, don't do anything that's going to really extend you. But if it means going and selling something and, and maybe what you're putting online, a little bit of ego, a little bit of pride, like lay it down, man. <laughs> like take those leaps that people won't take because you'll find the holes of gold that nobody else is finding. And it's out there. It's out there in spades. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes some digging. It takes some looking and some self-reflection. Do you have any stories or a story about people who have made one big shift yeah. that has really helped unleash uh, all that they could become. hundred percent. I got a guy named Frank, Frank yeah. uh, Benedetto's his name. He came in, I've been 2019 and started working with him right before the pandemic. And he had, he had gone through a situation where like really tough life, you know, doing stuff where he just wasn't the most, you know, amazing husband it was like, I think at one point, like living in like an apartment somewhere, like a hotel, I don't know what it was. We see we had this time in the shower where he just woke up and all of a sudden started building something, built a business that he a couple of years later sold for a million dollars. But the problem was his identity still identified as that guy who was like, you know, drunk in the shower. So oh, when wow. I started work with him, he's like, look, I just sold a business for a million. I think it was an accident. I don't, I don't know if I deserve much more than that. It's funny. He was making about $3,000 a month. And so we got working, man, did some work, pushed him past those comfort zones, helped him structure the new identity. And the cool thing about an identity shift is it's not just this thing you do and then you get to, to life. You, you actually are creating and accomplishing things in real time while elevating yourself. So you, you actually do make the money while making this transformation. And so fast forward, I think it was a year and three months, I get a message. He goes, hey, just want to let you know from the work that we did back then, this, at this time now, about a year in, I have now surpassed $1,056,000 in my new business. Wow. Seven figures yeah. from 3,000 a month to seven figures in about, a, I think it was a little bit over a year. It sounds like part of it was he didn't feel worthy. Oh, am, yeah. I, am I hearing that right? He just, that's all wrapped that, in spine. Yeah, that's a huge issue. Probably we'll we got a lot it. of people living in David listening right now that Every maybe day. they don't feel worthy. Maybe they don't feel they deserve success. And maybe they don't even know that that's getting in their way. How can people figure that out, sort that out? What well, are those mindset issues that need a shift? How yeah, can well, you figure that out? They're all wrapped up inside. That's the cool thing. And the bad thing is it's all inside the identity. Like every, your identity encompasses every single part of that, everything. There's no part of anything that lives outside of your identity, right? You identify right, as right, blank. Right, right, right. The way you do it is you go through a process. So I, as a, a young guy, and even as I got to my you know, business years now, I went through it haphazardly. I just kind of did some things and figured it out, but I codified it now. Like I got it yeah. down to a really good system. So when me and Frank were working, it wasn't guesswork. I wasn't like, let's try some things and throw some spaghetti at the wall. You know, I was like, hey, here's step one. So I call, I create what's called the shift method. When I created this, it was going through the past of my life, clients I'd work with, but really like psychology, neuroscience, how do we work as humans? And when I put it together and walk people through it, it allows you to uncover all of that stuff step by step. The C stage, the C shift sustain phase. When you go through them all in the right order with the right exercises done at each stage, they all set each other up where you go through and by the back end, you kind of wake up one day and go, holy crap, I can't even get back into the headspace of the old me. 
I, I, how did I used to think like that? Why did I used to operate like that? Like, we'll ask ourselves those questions. Yeah. I don't fit in those clothes anymore. You know, it's how it is. And that, right. that's the thing we do. So it's, it's all a matter of process. As we wrap up our time together, you said some really key words there. See, can you say each of those words and give us a sentence to, to yeah. around them that sounds like really wonderful advice yeah. uh, for us see? to close out our time? Go ahead. Beautiful. It's see, shift, sustain. It is hard to see the label when you are inside the jar. If I'm in the jar, I don't see it. So you got to find a way to see yourself. Yeah. That may be self-awareness. It could be outside people. We have some exercise we do to get that figured out. Then now you have to do two parts in the shift phase. You have to actually create your zone identity, your ideal zone identity, who you are when you are in the zone, because that's the identity I want you to live as. And then I have to go, okay, great. What must I do to build up to that? What actions must I take over time to where I believe it's who I am? And the last part is sustain. How do I sustain the trajectory in that direction for the long haul to where I do wake up one day and go, holy crap, I don't recognize myself, but in a good way. Yeah. In a wonderful way. Yeah. And Anthony, you are inspirational. Again, I think if anybody's even wondering if it's time for a checkup from the neck up, as they say, I would strongly advise get the book. Uh, identityshift.com that's your website identityshiftbook.com identityshiftbook.com is how people can find you yeah and uh, anthony you're truly an inspiration from where you came from to where you are to how you're helping people shift their lives and become the people that they want to become anthony thanks for your time welcome man thank you